Section twenty two of the Aeneid of Virgil. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book eleven, part two. Now, royal father, to the present state of our affairs and of this high debate, if in your arms thus early you defied, and think your fortune is already tried, if one defeat has brought us down so low as never more in fields to meet the foe, then I conclude for peace. Tis time to treat and lie like vassals at the victor's feet. But, oh, if any ancient blood remains, one drop of all our fathers in our veins, that man would I prefer before the rest, who dared his death with an undaunted breast, who comely fell by no dishonest wound, to shun that sight, and dying gnawed the ground. But if we still have fresh recruits in store, if our confederates can afford us more, if the contended field we bravely fought, and not a bloodless victory was bought, their losses equalled ours, and for their slain with equal fires they filled the shining plain. Why thus unforced should we so tamely yield, and ere the trumpet sounds resign the field? Good unexpected, evils unforeseen appear by turns, as fortune shifts the scene, some raised aloft come tumbling down amain then fall so hard they bound and rise again if diomed refuse his aid to lend the great messapus yet remains our friend tolumnius who foretells events is ours the italian chiefs and princes join their powers nor least in number nor in name the last your own brave subjects have your cause embraced above the rest the volscian amazon contains an army in herself alone and heads a squadron terrible to sight with glittering shields and brazen armor bright yet if the foe a single fight demand and i alone the public peace withstand if you consent he shall not be refused nor find a hand to victory unused this new achilles let him take the field with fated armor and vulcanian shield for you my royal father and my fame i turnus not the least of all my name devote my soul he calls me hand to hand and i alone will answer his demand dranques shall rest secure and neither share the danger nor divide the prize of war while they debate nor these nor those will yield Aeneas draws his forces to the field, and moves his camp. The scouts with flying speed return, and through the frighted city spread the unpleasing news. The Trojans are descried, in battle marching by the riverside, and bending to the town. They take the alarm. Some tremble, some are bold, all in confusion arm. The impetuous youth press forward to the field. They clash the sword and clatter on the shield. The fearful matrons raise a screaming cry. Old feeble men with fainter groans reply. A jarring sound results and mingles in the sky, like that of swans remurmuring to the floods, or birds of differing kinds in hollow woods. Turnus the occasion takes and cries aloud. Talk on, ye quaint harangers of the crowd. Declaim in praise of peace when danger calls and the fierce foes in arms approach the walls he said and turning short with speedy pace casts back a scornful glance and quits the place thou volusus the volscian troops command to mount 
and lead thyself our Ardean band. Messapus and Catillus post your force along the fields to charge the Trojan horse. Some guard the passes, others man the wall, drawn up in arms, the rest attend my call. They swarm from every quarter of the town, and with disordered haste the rampires crown. Good old Latinus, when he saw too late the gathering storm just breaking on the state, dismissed the council till a fitter time, and owned his easy temper as his crime, who, forced against his reason, had complied to break the treaty for the promised bride. Some help to sink new trenches, others aid to ram the stones or raise the palisade. Hoarse trumpets sound the alarm, around the walls runs a distracted crew whom their last labor calls. A sad procession in the streets is seen of matrons that attend the mother-queen. High in her chair she sits, and at her side, with downcast eyes, appears the fatal bride. They mount the cliff where palace temple stands, prayers in their mouths and presents in their hands. With censers first they fume the sacred shrine, then in this common supplication join. O patroness of arms, unspotted maid, propitious here and lend thy Latin's aid, break short the pirate's lance, pronounce his fate, and lay the Phrygian low before the gate. Now Turnus arms for fight, his back and breast well-tempered steel and scaly brass invest. The quiches which his brawny thighs enfold are mingled metal damasked o'er with gold. His faithful falchion sits upon his side, nor cask nor crest his manly features hide. But bare to view amid surrounding friends, with godlike grace he from the tower descends. Exulting in his strength he seems to dare his absent rival and to promise war. Freed from his keepers thus with broken reins, the wanton courser prances o'er the plains. Or in the pride of youth o'erleaps the mounds, and snuffs the females in forbidden grounds, or seeks his watering in the well-known flood, to quench his thirst and cool his fiery blood. He swims luxuriant in the liquid plain, and o'er his shoulder flows his waving mane. He neighs, he snorts, he bears his head on high, before his ample chest the frothy waters fly. Soon as the prince appears without the gate, the Volscians with their virgin leader wait his last commands. Then with a graceful mien lights from their her lofty steed the warrior queen. Her squadron imitates, and each descends, whose common suit Camilla thus commends. If sense of honour, if a soul secure of inborn worth that can all tests endure, can promise aught, or on itself rely, greatly to dare, to conquer, or to die, then I alone, sustained by these, will meet the Tyrene troops, and promise their defeat. Ours be the danger, ours the sole renown. You, general, stay behind, and guard the town. Turnus a while stood mute, with glad surprise, and on the fierce Virago fixed his eyes, then thus returned, O grace of Italy! With what becoming thanks can I reply? Not only words lie laboring in my breast, but thought itself is by thy praise oppressed. Yet rob me not of all, but let me join my toils, my hazard, and my fame with thine. The Trojan, not in stratagem unskilled, sends his light horse before to scour the field. 
himself through steep ascents and thorny breaks a larger compass to the city takes this news my scouts confirm and i prepare to foil his cunning and his force to dare with chosen foot his passage to forlay and place an ambush in the winding way thou with thy volskins face the tuscan horse the brave messapus shall thy troops enforce with those of tiber and the latian band subjected all to thy supreme command this said he warns messapus to the war then every chief exhorts with equal care all thus encouraged his own troops he joins and hastes to prosecute his deep designs enclosed with hills a winding valley lies by nature formed for fraud and fitted for surprise a narrow track by human steps untrode leads through perplexing thorns to this obscure abode high o'er the vale a steepy mountain stands whence the surveying sight the nether ground commands the top is level an offensive seat of war and from the war a safe retreat for on the right and left is room to press the foes at hand or from afar to stress to drive em headlong downward and to pour on their descending backs a stony shower thither young turnus took the well-known way possessed the pass and in blind ambush lay meantime latonian phoebe from the skies beheld the approaching war with hateful eyes and called the light-foot opis to her aid her most beloved and ever trusty maid then with a sigh began camilla goes to meet her death amidst her fatal foes the nymphs i loved of all my mortal train invested with diana's arms in vain nor is my kindness for the virgin new twas born with her and with her years it grew her father metabus when forced away from old privernum for tyrannic sway snatched up and saved from his prevailing foes this tender babe companion of his woes casmila was her mother but he drowned one hissing letter in a softer sound and called camilla through the woods he flies wrapped in his robe the royal infant lies his foes in sight he mends his weary pace with shout and clamours they pursue the chase the banks of amasene at length he gains the raging flood his farther flight restrains raised o'er the borders with unusual rains prepared to plunge into the stream he fears not for himself but for the charge he bears anxious he stops a while and thinks in haste then desperate in distress resolves at last a knotty lance of well-boiled oak he bore the middle part with cork he covered o'er he closed the child within the hollow space with twigs of bending osier bound the case then poised the spear heavy with human weight and thus invoked my favour for the freight accept great goddess of the woods he said sent by her sire this dedicated maid through air she flies a suppliant to thy shrine and the first weapons that she knows are thine he said and with full force the spear he threw above the sounding waves camilla flew then pressed by foes he stemmed the stormy tide and gained by stress of arms the farther side his fastened spear he pulled from out the ground and victor of his vows his infant nymph unbound nor after that in towns which walls enclose would trust his hunted life amidst his foes but rough in open air he chose to lie earth was his couch his covering was the sky 
on hills unshorn or in a desert din he shunned the dire society of men a shepherd's solitary life he led his daughter with the milk of mares he fed the dugs of bears and every savage beast he drew and through her lips the liquor pressed the little amazon could scarcely go he loads her with a quiver and a bow and that she might her staggering steps command he with a slender javelin fills her hand her flowing hair no golden fillet bound nor swept her trailing robe the dusty ground instead of these a tiger's hide o'erspread her back and shoulders fastened to her head the flying dart she first attempts to fling and round her tender temples tossed the sling then as her strength with years increased began to pierce aloft in air the soaring swan and from the clouds to fetch the heron and the crane the tuscan matrons with each other vied to bless their rival sons with such a bride but she disdains their love to share with me the sylvan shades and vowed virginity and oh i wish contented with my cares of savage spoils she had not sought the wars then had she been of my celestial train and shunned the fate that dooms her to be slain but since opposing heaven's decree she goes to find her death among forbidden foes haste with these arms and take thy steepy flight where with the gods averse the latins fight this bow to thee this quiver i bequeath this chosen arrow to revenge her death by whate'er hand camilla shall be slain or of the trojan or italian train let him not pass unpunished from the plain then in a hollow cloud myself will aid to bear the breathless body of my maid unspoiled shall be her arms and unprofaned her holy limbs with any human hand and in a marble tomb laid in her native land she said the faithful nymph descends from high with rapid flight and cuts the sounding sky black clouds and stormy winds around her body fly by this the trojan and the tuscan horse drawn up in squadrons with united force approach the walls the sprightly courses bound press forward on their bits and shift their ground shields arms and spears flash horribly from far and the fields glitter with a waving war opposed to these come on with furious force messapus coras and the latian horse these in the body placed on either hand sustained and closed by fair camilla's band advancing in a line they couch their spears and less and less the middle space appears thick smoke obscures the field and scarce are seen the neighing coursers and the shouting men in distance of their darts they stop their course then man to man they rush and horse to horse the face of heaven their flying javelins hide and deaths unseen are dealt on either side tyrrhenus and aconteus void of fear by mettled coursers borne in full career meet first opposed and with a mighty shock their horses heads against each other knock far from his steed is fierce aconteus cast as with an engine's force or lightning's blast he rolls along in blood and breathes his last the latin squadrons take a sudden fright and sling their shields behind to save their backs in flight spurring at speed to their own walls they drew close in the rear the tuscan troops pursue and urge their flight asilus leads the chase till seized with shame they wheel about and face 
receive their foes and raise a threatening cry the tuscans take their turn to fear and fly so swelling surges with a thundering roar driven on each other's backs insult the shore bound o'er the rocks encroach upon the land and far upon the beach eject the sand then backward with a swing they take their way repulsed from upper ground and seek their mother sea with equal hurry quit the invaded shore and swallow back the sand and stones they spewed before twice were the tuscans masters of the field twice by the latins in their turn repelled ashamed at length to the third charge they ran both hosts resolved and mingled man to man now dying groans are heard the fields are strewed with falling bodies and are drunk with blood arms horses men on heaps together lie confused the fight and more confused the cry arsilochus who durst not press too near strong remulus at distance drove his spear and stuck the steel beneath his horse's ear the fiery steed impatient of the wound curvets and springing upward with a bound his helpless lord cast backward on the ground catillus pierced aeolus first then drew his reeking lance and at hermenius threw the mighty champion of the tuscan crew his neck and throat unarmed his head was bare but shaded with a length of yellow hair secure he fought exposed on every part a spacious mark for swords and for the flying dart across the shoulders came the feathered wound transfixed he fell and doubled to the ground the sands with streaming blood are sanguine dyed and death with honour sought on either side resistless through the war camilla rode in danger unappalled and pleased with blood one side was bare for her exerted breast one shoulder with her painted quiver pressed now from afar her fatal javelins play now with her axe's edge she hews her way diana's arms upon her shoulder sound and when too closely pressed she quits the ground from her bent bow she sends a backward wound her maids in martial pomp on either side larina tula fierce tarpeia ride italians all in peace their queen's delight in war the bold companions of the fight so marched the tracian amazons of old when thermodon with bloody billows rolled such troops as these in shining arms were seen when theseus met in fight their maiden queen such to the field penthesilea led from the fierce virgin when the grecians fled with such returned triumphant from the war her maids with cries attend the lofty car they clash with manly force their moony shields with female shouts resound the phrygian fields who foremost and who last heroic maid on the cold earth were by thy courage laid thy spear of mountain ash eumenius first with fury driven from side to side transpierced a purple stream came spouting from the wound bathed in his blood he lies and bites the ground Lyris and pegasus at once she slew the former as the slackened reins he drew of his faint steed the latter as he stretched his arm to prop his friend the javelin reached by the same weapon sent from the same hand both fall together and both spurn the sand 
A mastress next is added to the slain, The rest in rout she follows o'er the plain. Tereus, Harpalicus, Demophon, And Chromis at full speed her fury shun. Of all her deadly darts not one she lost, Each was attended with a Trojan ghost. Young Ornithus bestrode a hunter steed, Swift for the chase and of Apulian breed. Him from afar she spied in arms unknown, O'er his broad back an ox's hide was thrown. His helm a wolf, whose gaping jaws were spread, A covering for his cheeks, and grinned around his head. He clinched within his hand an iron prong, And towered above the rest, conspicuous in the throng. Him soon she singled from the flying train, And slew with ease, then thus insults the slain. Vain hunter, didst thou think through woods to chase the savage herd, A vile and trembling race? Here cease thy vaunts, and own my victory. A woman warrior was too strong for thee. Yet if the ghosts demand the conqueror's name, Confessing great Camilla, save thy shame. Then Butes and Orsilicus she slew, The bulkiest bodies of the Trojan crew. But Butes breast to breast, the spear descends above the gorget where his helmet ends, and o'er the shield which his left side defends. Orsilicus and she their courses ply, he seems to follow and she seems to fly. But in a narrower ring she makes the race, and then he flies and she pursues the chase. Gathering at length on her deluded foe, she swings her axe and rises to the blow. Full on the helm behind, with such a sway the weapon falls, the riven steel gives way. He groans, he roars, he sues in vain for grace. Brains mingled with his blood besmear his face. Astonished Onus just arrives by chance to see his fall, nor farther dares advance. But fixing on the horrid maid his eye, he stares and shakes, and finds it vain to fly. Yet like a true Ligurian born to cheat, at least while fortune favoured his deceit, cries out aloud, What courage have you shown? Who trust your courser's strength and not your own? Forgo the vantage of your horse, alight, and then on equal terms begin the fight. It shall be seen, weak woman, what you can when foot to foot you combat with a man. He said, She glows with anger and disdain, dismounts with speed to dare him on the plain, and leaves her horse at large among her train, with her drawn sword defies him to the field, and marching lifts aloft her maiden shield. The youth who thought his cunning did succeed, reins round his horse and urges all his speed, adds the remembrance of the spur, and hides the goring rowels in his bleeding sides. Vain fool and coward, cries the lofty maid, caught in the train which thou thyself hast laid. On others practice thy Ligurian arts, thin stratagems and tricks of little hearts are lost on me, nor shalt thou safe retire with vaunting lies to thy fallacious sire. At this so fast her flying feet she sped, that soon she strained beyond his horse's head. Then turning short, at once she seized the rein, and laid the boaster grovelling on the plain. Not with more ease the falcon from above trusses in middle air the trembling dove, then plumes the prey in her strong pounces bound, the feathers foul with blood come tumbling to the ground. Now mighty Jove from his superior height with his broad eye surveys the unequal fight. 
he fires the breast of Tarkon with disdain, and sends him to redeem the abandoned plain. Betwixt the broken ranks the Tuscan rides, and these encourages, and those he chides, recalls each leader by his name from flight, renews their ardor, and restores the fight. What panic fear has seized your souls? O shame, O brand perpetual of the Etrurian name! Cowards incurable, a woman's hand drives, breaks, and scatters your ignoble band. Now cast away the sword, and quit the shield. What use of weapons which you dare not wield? Not thus you fly your female foes by night, nor shun the feast when the full bowls invite, when to fat offerings the glad augur calls, and the shrill hornpipe sounds to bacchanals. These are your studied cares, your lewd delight, swift to debauch, but slow to manly fight. Thus having said, he spurs amid the foes, not managing the life he meant to lose. The first he found he seized with headlong haste, in his strong grip and clasped around the waist. T'was Venulus, whom from his horse he tore and laid athwart his own in triumph bore. Loud shouts ensue, the Latins turn their eyes, and view the unusual sight with vast surprise. The fiery Tarkon, flying o'er the plains, pressed in his arms the ponderous prey sustains. Then with his shortened spear explores around his jointed arms to fix a deadly wound. Nor less the captive struggles for his life, he writhes his body to prolong the strife, and fencing for his naked throat exerts his utmost vigor and the point averts. So stoops the yellow eagle from on high, and bears a speckled serpent through the sky. Fastening his crooked talons on the prey, the prisoner hisses through the liquid way, resists the royal hawk, and though oppressed she fights in volumes and erects her crest. Turned to her foe she stiffens every scale, and shoots her forky tongue and whisks her threatening tail. Against the victor all defense is weak, the imperial bird still plies her with his beak, he tears her bowels and her breast he gores, then claps his pinions and securely soars. Thus through the midst of circling enemies, strong Tarkon snatched and bore away his prize. The Tyrene troops that shrunk before now press the Latins, and presume the like success. Then Aruns, doomed to death, his arts assayed, to murder unespied the Volscian maid. This way and that his winding course he bends, and wheresoe'er she turns her steps attends. When she retires victorious from the chase, he wheels about with care and shifts his place. When, rushing on, she seeks her foe's flight, he keeps aloof, but keeps her still in sight. He threats and trembles, trying every way, unseen to kill and safely to betray. Chloreus, the priest of Sibylle, from far, glittering in Phrygian arms amidst the war, was by the virgin viewed. The steed he pressed was proud with trappings, and his brawny chest with scales of gilded brass was covered o'er. A robe of Tyrian dye the rider wore. With deadly wounds he galled the distant foe. Gnosian his shafts, and Lycian was his bow. A golden helm his front and head surrounds. A gilded quiver from his shoulder sounds. Gold weaved with linen on his thighs he wore, With flowers of needlework distinguished o'er, With golden buckles bound and gathered up before. Him the fierce maid beheld with ardent eyes, Fond and ambitious of so rich a prize. 
or that the temple might his trophies hold or else to shine herself in trojan gold blind in her haste she chases him alone and seeks his life regardless of her own this lucky moment the sly traitor chose then starting from his ambush up he rose and threw but first to heaven addressed his vows o patron of socrates high abodes phoebus the ruling power among the gods whom first we serve whole woods of unctuous pine are felled for thee and thy glory shine by thee protected with our naked souls through flames unsinged we march and tread the kindled coals give me propitious power to wash away the stains of this dishonourable day nor spoils nor triumph from the fact i claim but with my future actions trust my fame let me by stealth this female plague o'ercome and from the field return in glorious home apollo heard and granting half his prayer shuffled in winds the rest and tossed in empty air he gives the death desired his safe return by southern tempests to the seas is borne now when the javelin whizzed along the skies both armies on camilla turned their eyes directed by the sound of either host the unhappy virgin though concerned the most was only deaf so greedy was she bent on golden spoils and on her prey intent till in her pap the winged weapon stood infixed and deeply drunk the purple blood her sad attendants hastened to sustain their dying lady trooping on the plain far from their sight the trembling arons flies with beating heart and fear confused with joys nor dares he farther to pursue his blow or even to bear the sight of his expiring foe as when the wolf has torn a bullock's hide at unawares or wrenched a shepherd's side conscious of his audacious deed he flies and claps his quivering tail between his thighs so speeding once the wretch no more attends but spurring forward herds among his friends she wrenched the javelin with her dying hands but wedged within her breast the weapon stands the wood she draws the steely point remains she staggers in her seat with agonizing pains a gathering mist o'er clouds her cheerful eyes and from her cheeks the rosy colour flies then turns to her whom of her female train she trusted most and thus she speaks with pain Aka, tis past he swims before my sight inexorable death and claims his right bear my last words to turnus fly with speed and bid him timely to my charge succeed repel the trojans and the town relieve farewell and in this kiss my parting breath receive she said and sliding sunk upon the plain dying her opened hand forsakes the rain short and more short she pants by slow degrees her mind the passage from her body frees she drops her sword she nods her plumy crest her drooping head declining on her breast in the last sigh her struggling soul expires and murmuring with disdain to stygian sounds retires a shout that struck the golden stars ensued despair and rage the languished fight renewed the trojan troops and tuscans in a line advance to charge the mixed arcadians join but cynthia's maid high seated from afar surveys the field and fortune of the war unmoved awhile till prostrate on the plain weltering in blood she sees camilla slain and round her corpse of friends and foes a fighting train 
Then from the bottom of her breast she drew a mournful sigh, and these sad words ensue. Too dear a fine, ah, much lamented maid, for warring with the Trojans thou hast paid, nor aught availed in this unhappy strife, Diana's sacred arms to save thy life. Yet unrevenged thy goddess will not leave her votary's death, nor with vain sorrow grieve, branded the wretch, and be his name abhorred. But after ages shall thy praise record. The inglorious coward soon shall press the plain. Thus vows thy queen, and thus the fates ordain. High o'er the field there stood a hilly mound, sacred the place, and spread with oaks around, where in a marble tomb Dersenus lay, a king that once in Latium bore the sway. The beauteous Opis thither bent her flight, to mark the traitor Arons from the height. Him in refulgent arms she soon espied, swollen with success, and loudly thus she cried, Thy backward steps, vain boaster, are too late. Turn like a man at length and meet thy fate. Charged with my message to Camilla go, and say I sent thee to the shades below, an honour undeserved from Cynthia's bow. She said, and from her quiver chose with speed the winged shaft predestined for the deed. Then to the stubborn yew her strength applied, till the far distant horns approached on either side. The bowstring touched her breast, so strong she drew, whizzing in air the fatal arrow flew. At once the twanging bow and sounding dart the traitor heard, and felt the point within his heart. Him beating with his heels and pangs of death, his flying friends to foreign fields bequeath. The conquering damsel with expanded wings, the welcome message to her mistress brings. Their leader lost, the Volskians quit the field, and unsustained the chiefs of Turnus yield. The frighted soldiers, when their captains fly, more on their speed than on their strength rely. Confused in flight, they bear each other down, and spur their horses headlong to the town. Driven by their foes, and to their fears resigned, not once they turn, but take their wounds behind. These drop the shield, and those the lance forego, or on their shoulders bear the slackened bow. The hoofs of horses with a rattling sound beat short and thick and shake the rotten ground. Black clouds of dust come rolling in the sky, and o'er the darkened walls and rampires fly. The trembling matrons from their lofty stands rend heaven with female shrieks and wring their hands. All pressing on, pursuers and pursued, are crushed in crowds, a mingled multitude. Some happy few escape, the throng too late rush on for entrance till they choke the gate. Even in the sight of home the wretched sire looks on, and sees his helpless son expire. Then in a fright the folding gates they close, but leave their friends excluded with their foes. The vanquished cry, the victors loudly shout, tis terror all within, and slaughter all without. Blind in their fear they bounce against the wall, or to the moats pursued precipitate their fall. The Latian virgins, valiant with despair, armed on the towers the common danger share. So much of zeal their country's cause inspired, so much Camilla's great example fired. Poles sharpened in the flames from high they throw, with imitated darts to gall the foe. Their lives for godlike freedom they bequeath, and crowd each other to be first in death. Meantime to Turnus, ambushed in the shade, 
with heavy tidings came the unhappy maid the volskins overthrown camilla killed the foes entirely masters of the field like a resistless flood come rolling on the cry goes off the plain and thickens to the town inflamed with rage for so the furies fire the daunian's breast and so the fates require he leaves the hilly pass the woods in vain possessed and downward issues on the plain scarce was he gone when to the straits now freed from secret foes the trojan troops succeed through the black forest and the ferny brake unknowingly secure their way they take from the rough mountains to the plain descend and there in order drawn their line extend both armies now in open fields are seen nor far the distance of the space between both to the city bend aeneas sees through smoking fields his hastening enemies and turnus views the trojans in array and hears the approaching horses proudly neigh soon had their hosts in bloody battle joined but westward to the sea the sun declined entrenched before the town both armies lie while night with sable wings involves the sky end of section twenty two